Yo, welcome to Jordan's Choice podcast. So um, I'm really excited for today's uh, topics about with my friend, really good friend Jeff. Um, so I just want to make a disclaimer before we move on to the conversation between Jeff and I. Um, so this is about his um, ups and downs, his mistakes he made in the beginning of uh, building his portfolio, investment portfolio. So my main disclaimer is that the content in today's podcast is only informational basis only. It is not a tax, legal or financial advice and it does not consider your current financial situation. So please and ensure that this may not be suitable for you and it's only for informational purpose only. Alright, so before we get into the uh, episode, I just want to share with you a little bit more as well that thank you everyone for actually listening to me for like 10 episodes as well as like with all my other guests. So I really would like to learn how to make my podcast more engaging. So if you guys have any like suggestions, feedback or any of my episodes, feel free to actually just reach out to my Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Jolene's Choice, J-O-E-L-E-N-E-S. C-H-O-I-C-E So yeah, I uh, really appreciate everyone really supporting me throughout my entire podcast um, Let's see how much it can grow Alright, and if you really like today's episode Feel free to reach out and ask me any questions um, So I am a finance major and yeah, I, this is like kind of my interest <laughs> As well as um, if you guys have any suggestions for future guests or interviews Feel free to let me know all right, let's get into the podcast. I have a special guest today. It's my really good friend, Jeff. Uh, we're actually university friends. Uh, we've met from the University of Manchester and we both studied um finance degree so our course is actually called um international business finance and economics and we went through three years of partially hell right jeff Mm -hmm. (laughs) so anyway maybe you could give a brief introduction about a bit about yourself and maybe about um your journey in building your own personal investment portfolio and stuff like that yeah so um I actually started like looking into finance when I was in high school. Um, I was pretty good at maths and business studies. So very logically, if you combine them together, it's finance, right? But you know, obviously going into university, uh, I don't want to only study finance because I've never studied it before. Right. So, as you said, we studied international business, finance, and economics. So, alongside with finance, we studied, you know, international business and economics. And uh, after our second year, I would say, like, we pretty much shaped our course into uh, the finance direction because there are a lot of electives that we can choose. And, like, I would say most of our electives. Uh, that we've chosen uh, were about finance, right? So after my second year, I took that summer off from doing anything else uh, and I started investing. And the best reason why I want to invest is because obviously I want to test out 
the stuff that we've learned from university, like for example, all the financial models, how you like price assets and stuff like that. And obviously it's also like in your early twenties, it's also a very good time to start like, you know, learning about investing and, you know, start managing your, your money and stuff. So, uh, I started investing, um, that summer I opened an account and very straightforward. Uh, I had a lot of difficulties. Um, and I would say the, the, the first difficulty that, um, I've encountered is that, you know, the stuff that we've learned from school, uh, yep. doesn't really yeah. work because like, as I said, like we've learned a lot of like fundamentals, financial yep. models. Yep. And like obviously the data uh, that are given to us at school um, uh, is very professional. Like they the school definitely buy all the data for us to, you know, test out, right? To learn yep. about. Yeah. And but for like a retail investor, you either pay for your data or you uh you can obviously you can research those those data yourself, but obviously it's extremely uh, time consuming because uh, these data are very specific data, and yeah. uh, they are made private for a reason because they're very difficult to generate. Yeah. So obviously yeah. you can generate yourself, but it's just not worth it. So obviously you know uh, I found out that like. Uh, I don't want to say the stuff that we've learned from school doesn't work, but it's just not very efficient <laughs> yeah. to use them every single day, you know? But, true, true. I mean, it's it's fine because obviously if you can't use the numbers, you can always use the fundamentals when uh, you, you know, look at stocks or you know, look at the market. You can always look at, you know, the strength and the weaknesses of a company. And I honestly think uh, this way of looking at a stock is, you know, a lot more efficient and a lot more realistic because numbers don't really tell you anything, right? You have to look at what the business do. And so uh, I went through some fundamental analysis, looking at different companies, their growth and their core strength and stuff. And uh, I picked out a particular stock and Bear in mind, like, I didn't have a large amount of capital. I have, like, a minimal amount. So, like, I was literally testing out uh, investing. So, I locked in a stock, and my I encountered my second uh, difficulty, is that I don't really know when to buy it. Like, I know I want to buy it, but I don't know what price I want to buy it at. Like, because when you look at stock price, it goes up and down, like, pretty much every second. Yeah. Like, yep. mentally, you always want to greet for that one extra second, for that one extra cent of discount. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like yeah, you, you want to buy low. You want to buy it as low as possible, but yes. you don't know what the lowest is, because yes. obviously no one would know, right? It's, it's it's a it's a possibility. Yeah, it might also go up. So I got stuck there for uh, pretty much I would say a couple of days. Like 
a couple for for a couple of days. I was scared to buy a stock oh, because you were scared. I didn't yes, know. Yes, because I was for some reason I was greedy. I I, I was scared that I would buy a stock at premium. You know, at a oh, probably zero point five cent higher. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't like. If you think about it, in reality, it doesn't really matter because, let's say, if you're a long-term investor, you think that the the stock can grow in a year. It doesn't really matter what price you buy it now. Like that zero point five dollars doesn't really matter because your objective is not、uh, to speculate. To is to not gain from that zero point five dollars premium. Your point、uh, of investing is to see that. Stock grow, so like, and that's that. Like, I struggled to buy, and obviously, I bought it at the end. And it's the same for selling as well. Like, you always want to greet that one extra dollar so you can sell it at a premium, which is which is very tiring because all you do is to look at the stock price. Like every second, just to greet that little advantage, you know. Yeah, true, true. So yeah, and I would say、uh, the other problem for me was that I didn't know how long、uh, I should hold my stock for because I don't really plan out. So like, I actually sold my first stock within two months. Oh wow! Which, Pretty short, yeah. Yes, which was such a tragedy because. <laughs> Why is tragedy okay? Yes, because、uh, I thought that stock was、uh, has a really good potential, and I think I only had like a one dollar profit、uh, per share, and、uh, when I looked at the stock like、uh, this year. Like、yep. the stock price actually tripled.、Um, oh damn! Yeah,、okay. compared to、um, the time I bought it, so it's a fatal mistake of you know not knowing how long you should hold your stock for. And I mean, it's for me, it's my first try, and I'm not too mad about it. But yeah, that's my that's my first experience of you know investing. That is, it's quite good.、Uh, do you mind if I like um summarize it? So、sure. the two problems that you faced when you first started was first you didn't know what price to buy it at, and second the second problem was that you weren't sure of the time horizon you want to hold your stock for. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask is,、uh, were you, did you know your risk appetite in the beginning, or what? How how did you like overcome this problem? Yeah. So obviously. My first try. It was my first try, so I don't really know. Like you need like a like a planning before you invest. Like because very often you see people invest and they just invest like every day, like without you know. Some people you know even without knowing what the stock is, like they <laughs>、okay. invest. Okay. Like they follow trends and stuff. Obviously. Uh, planning wasn't in my head、um, at that time. Yep.、Um, and uh, I didn't really uh, analyze like my own personality, and 
you know, understand my risk preference.、Mm. And、uh, it was until like、uh, a later, in later time, where we actually,、uh, I think it was in our third year, our last year in in university, and we had a course called. Um, Applied practical、uh, investing. Exactly,、uh, practical investing, and we had this、uh, speaker from a bank.、Um, Barclays. Yes. Yeah. He talked about you know behavioral finance and how you know、uh, you have to understand your own mental and your own personality and stuff like that to to actually invest. And I remember one particular saying he says like.、Uh, He wants to tell all his clients to stop looking at Bloomberg, which is you know <laughs> okay, a, yeah, a, a news agent. Yes, correct.、Um, yeah. For finance news. Yeah. And、uh, it was pretty shocking because all I imagined、um, before that 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 lecture was you know、uh, investing is all about reaction and how how quick you can react to news and like. Yeah.、Uh, stuff like that, like、uh, working really hard, right? Yeah. But then you hear someone that professional saying stuff like that. It's just,、uh, it's quite mind blowing. So、um, after that lecture, literally after our last year、um, in university,、uh, I start looking into you know how you can mentally prepare.、Uh, Investing, how 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 you can plan ahead for your portfolio, yeah. So and that's where、um, I really start to analyze my own personality and you know understand my risk preference and stuff like that. Hmm. Would it be alright if I ask you um what is your risk preference and your your type of trading personality、sure. or investing so, personality? Yeah. So there's like a couple of simple steps that、um, I went through、uh, when I planned my second attempt of investing.、Um, so the first thing is to understand、uh, the objective of why you want to invest. So、uh, it's a lot better if you have like a very rigid, like a very exact number that you want to achieve. Um, so, for example, you might want to gain, you know, five percent of return in a year, or you might want to、uh, have thirty thousand dollars in three years, like something like this, like very exact,、uh, a target that you can achieve and a target that you can, you know, you can stop investing once you hit that point.、Um, but obviously, you know.、Uh, Uh, as a fresh graduate, I don't really have a very exact objective, so I don't, because I don't need to buy a car or I don't need to pay off, you know, my children's tuition fee and stuff like that. I don't have like a like a life objective that I need to achieve. So、uh, my objective is obviously to、um, <clears throat> beat the inflation rate, and that's it. And <laughs> Which was like what two percent? <laughs> yes, and and like and like,、uh, it's fine for you to not have like an 
like an exact objective. You just have to understand the relative risk. So you don't have mm, okay. an exact objective. The only problem is that you wouldn't know when to stop because you don't have an objective. True. Right. So let's say if you're lucky, uh, you did all your homework. Your your stocks are rising, right? If you if you have an objective, you know when to sell them. But if you don't have like a, spe- uh, a specified objective, you will keep going. You will keep on holding the stock, which might ultimately uh, result in a loss if you hold it too long, uh, too long. But as long as you understand that risk, it's fine. Mm. Um, but I would say it's a lot better if you have um, um, an exact objective. So the second step that uh, I took was obviously understanding uh, my own personality. And uh, when you understand your own personality, you would know uh, what your risk tolerance would be. So you know me, I'm a very you know traditional guy. I'm very conservative. So like uh, I won't do anything in a rush. Uh, I need like um, evidence or, or, or something that can support my decision making. So obviously, uh, I know myself, I'm very uh, conservative guy, a very traditional guy. So I instantly know that my risk tolerance would be extremely uh, uh, low. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I would be a risk adverse investor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know that I don't like risk. So then, yeah. uh, you can decide how long your investing period would be. Um, investing period meaning like how long you the time want horizon. to hold, exactly yeah. how long you want to hold your stocks or change your stocks. Uh, do you want uh, uh, an active style of trading, which is pretty much day trading or changing your stocks and portfolio. Rebalancing your portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. Every week or do you want to hold uh, a portfolio and don't really change it uh, until um, you reach your objective? And obviously, very logically, uh, if you choose uh, an active style of trading, it's more risky because you are more exposed to short-term risk. So you're more exposed to, you know, let's say business risks, uh, uh, performance risks, some something like that. But if you choose a passive style of investing, yeah, which is you know holding a portfolio and don't really change the content of the portfolio for <clears throat> a longer period, yeah. uh, you are exposed to less risk uh, in the sense that you're only exposed to inflation risk because short-term performance, so let's say uh, a three months performance of a company doesn't really affect you in the long term, right? If you think that the stock um, uh, has growth potential, a loss in the company's three months horizon doesn't really matter for you. So obviously I'm a risk averse investor. So um, very logically I would choose a more passive style of investing. And then at the end, once you know what style you want to invest in, um, uh, you can decide what stock, uh, what stocks to buy. 
So if you are more active um, trader, you might want to look into more volatile stocks or industry like you know technology uh, industry or stocks that have extremely high trading volume, right? If you're a more passive trader, you want to look into um, growth stocks with uh, stronger fundamentals, right? And I think uh, it's also a lot easier to start off with um, index funds. So index funds are like a portfolio that you can buy in the stock market um, that is managed by professionals. And very often these funds will mimic, you know, the return of, let's say, the S&P 500 or, you know, a benchmark of an industry. So these funds are a lot easier to invest for a newbie like me because you are paying someone to manage your money for you, to manage the portfolio for you. So you don't really have um, to worry about the stock too much yourself. Um, And it's a very good way to get a general feeling about the market. And then once you have more knowledge in the market, um, you can look into like more well-known companies, uh, more well-known stocks. Because obviously it's a lot easier to research bigger companies than smaller companies. And you, uh, it's that there are more information available out there. And it's just easier to understand. I think we'll both agree. And once yeah, true. you um, you get your head into these bigger stocks, you can then move into smaller stocks. So right now, um, I'm still at the stage where um, I invest in bigger stocks. Um, so in the future, hopefully, you know, I can look into smaller stocks. All right, I'm gonna pause you here. So um. To our listeners, uh, there's a what what Jeff mean by bigger stocks. He meant like big cap. So big cap means like market capitalization uh, companies with market cap of like more than a billion, yeah. And they have they are pro- probably listed on very large exchange, very well known like Singapore Exchange, London Exchange, or New York Exchange. So smaller stocks can be known as penny stocks, where they have a small cap of less than like a few hundred million. Also, it depends. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I, I think that's a very good um, direction that you gave yourself, Jeff. That you yeah. decided to stick with what information is available for most retail investors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you don't mind me if I could lead on to the next question. Yeah, you know, go ahead. you mentioned you know you, you build your portfolio. You know, and these are all funds that um, are benchmarked to a market portfolio. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like S and P five hundred. So my next question for you is: um, Do you think your portfolio react to market news? So uh, I don't really want to say you know I react to all the news. So mm-hmm. I don't really react every time my portfolio doesn't really react every time a new a piece of news come out but obviously if there are like really big news like you know market changing news then definitely i would have to do something with my portfolio but in terms of like um short short short-term news or Mm. um 
uh, and stuff or stuff like that. You know, I don't really react to them because um, again, I'm a long-term investor, so short-term news doesn't really affect me. But that doesn't mean that I don't read the news, right? You know, yeah, I yeah. obviously have to um, catch up with what's happening in the market. But yep. yeah, I would say you know, if you're a long-term investor, you don't need to react all the time to like everyday news. Yeah, I, I think it was good that I think early on you mentioned that you at first you thought that investing is all about reaction when actually you learn after a while that it's actually not always about reaction. Um, I think to the listeners, uh, something for you guys to take note, there are some financial institutions that does um, react to the news. They use an uh, investing strategy called event-driven. And what happens is that they are usually prop trading firms uh, that does day trading they react based on news and they have a strategy but it's not like they are reacting they have a planned strategy using technical analysis and also fundamental analysis into their strategy so it may seem as if the market is reacting but there is a strategy behind their day trading um, investing style all right but moving on Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, yeah, moving on, maybe, you know, you mentioned about all these that you have learned. Um, and I was thinking maybe it would be a good opportunity for you to share with the listeners uh, what kind of books or what kind of um, resources that you got to help you shape your um, investing style or your portfolio, how mm-hmm. you build your portfolio. So there's this book called uh, winning the losers game by Charles Ellis, and it's pretty much the first book that I've read uh, about investing. Uh, it really like opened my eyes because first of all, I don't really like books that are aggressive uh, in the sense that I don't really like the writer putting an agenda on me. So I rather I would rather the writer give me like data and point of views and different interpretations for me um, to interpret or to um, figure out a point for myself. I don't want them to give me a point. Uh, I want to look at, I want to read the book and I can create a point myself. And um, this book, Winning the Losers Game, it's a very neutral book. Um, The writer gives you a lot of um, perspective outside um, investing, outside all the uh, technical stuff. So, for example, uh, it gives you advice on uh, how you should prepare mentally before you invest. So what I just mentioned, all the steps that you can take um, before you invest. And uh, uh, at the same time, he also gives other advices like um, how you can choose uh, a good money manager if you don't want to invest yourself. So like the book is is a very is a very wide range book. Like it gives you a lot of different um, choice that you can uh, look at when you invest. And the book also talk um, a little bit about you know different style of investing both active and passive um but the writer doesn't really have um, a side so he gives you all um the information you need on 
uh, active trading and passive trading. So for you to actually interpret yourself and see which one suits you better. And so, yeah, I think this book, and this book is really easy to read. Like there's no like, you know, difficult jargons or like difficult terms or like the models that you have to know before you read this book. So, uh, yeah, I would say this book is, is pretty much, you know, uh, that's pretty much shaped how I invest. That's pretty cool. Okay. Um, then my next question would be, I think that's a very good recommendation, uh, winner, mm-hmm. winning the loser's game. Uh, what about, are there any books that you felt um, that you did not, it did not like align with your personality? So um, we talked about, uh, you know, last year we had this course and, uh, apply practical investing and uh, one of the biggest topic that we've learned from this course was behavioral finance and we uh, we actually did a project on that and um, uh, we basically had to investigate you know different um, famous investors and very luckily um, I got this investor that I had to investigate called David Draymond who is a contrarian investor, meaning uh, he doesn't really follow what the crowd does. Uh, if the crowd gr- uh, go right, he goes left, basically. So when the crowd um, are panicking, selling all the stocks, uh, he he buys in all the stocks, stuff like that, you know, opposite stuff. And uh, I was really interested by his idea and... Um, uh, I read this book um, written by him called Contrarian Investment Strategies, The Psychological Edge. And uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad book. Uh, uh, it's just not for me. Like, obviously, it gives you a lot of insight into different behavioral um, uh finance, uh, knowledge um, related to investing, different uh, weird behaviors that investor will do um, before they invest. But I thought the book was a little bit too aggressive um, because he basically disregards all the other academic um, suggestions and only thinks that contrarian um, style uh, is the way to invest, but uh, I wouldn't say it's it, uh, it's a bad book. Like you don't need to read it, but just bear in mind when reading books that are Bites. having a very yeah. yeah very very clear agenda. Um, yeah, you know how to pick out stuff that you can learn from, and just you know leave other stuff as you know extra knowledge <laughs> yeah I, I kind of agree i think you you um laid it out really clearly that from the book contrarian investment strategy it seemed like you you felt the author was very biased towards contrarian mm-hmm. as compared to your other book that you kind of like winning the losers game that was more unbiased yeah. and was very objective about explaining um investing so i think exactly. it's pretty cool yeah yeah um, so I would like to say that we have come to the end of this podcast recording. 
Thank you so much, Jeff, for sharing and actually being really honest that mm-hmm. in the beginning you kind of struggled uh, yeah. with investing and actually sharing with everyone. And I actually kind of learned a lot because for me, I had the same problem as well. I knew when to buy because I was looking at short term, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to exit my strategy. Exactly. Yeah, which which I realized later on is because um, I did not define my time horizon, which is what you had explained. Exactly. And I think that's I think that's very important. Like I never yeah. knew such simple terms, time horizon, risk appetite is so important in building your portfolio. Exactly. Like these steps that you can take before actually planning out your portfolio are so simple. Like they are so easy um, to make, but it's like just a lot of people will skip them because they want that quick money. They don't have time to actually sit down and think about their objectives, what their risk tolerance are. And that's why a lot of people struggle in investing. It's because they're not comfortable in what they're doing compared yeah. to um, who they really are or what, what, what risk they can bear and yeah. their own personality. So, yeah. That's true, that's true. Yeah. And I think it's pretty good that you're sharing from like a fresh graduate kind of point of view, like a more millennial Gen Z kind of perspective. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think most of us are keen in learning about investing, but then yeah. uh, we probably would not know where to start, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to study uh, the finance degree was because I really wanted to learn how to invest. <laughs> but like you said, when I was doing my test round, I, it didn't really work for me very well as well. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And I just want to say one more thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is that um, how, you know, we as newbies um, to investing, how we shouldn't like blindly follow quote unquote successful formulas. Because, mm, yes, yes, yes. think about it. Why would someone willingly share their successful formula with you uh, <laughs> and turn you into their uh, direct competitor? And even if their, their formulas are uh, successful, uh, are viable, um, the law of diminishing return, like you can't overdo something. Like... You can drink a little bit of wine that is good to your health, but you can't over drink alcohol. Otherwise, you will become an alcoholic. So, like, <laughs> I get the I get the analogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So, like, don't follow what other people say before you understand like yourself, your personality, your objectives. Um, what's your investing period? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean. Yeah, there are formulas that might be viable, but um, do they really fit your um, uh, personality and fit your objective? Maybe not. Maybe they do. So you can uh, learn from these formulas, but definitely don't blindly follow, like 100% follow these formulas. That's just what I want to bring out. No, I think I think that's a very good point, Jeff, because um, I think as people who has FOMO, especially if your personality is all about FOMO, I don't think investing will be a very good um, 
outlet for you because I think like Jeff, what you mentioned, you shouldn't just follow blindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually to formulate uh, your own opinion and your own research as well. Um, another thing that I wanted to highlight is that, um, you know, when you are using your funds, um, mm-hmm. do not use... And I think quite a lot of the financial advisors all mentioned this. Do not use 100% of your f- savings into exactly. the stock market. But also understand that if you put money into the stock market, you are also, it is kind of like expense. You're not going to get it back sometimes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, ha- you, you need to have an assumption where all your money that um, is invested in the market is already gone. Yes, You have correct. to have this mindset. Otherwise, you know, uh, you are not suitable for investing, simply. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's a very good point, Jeff, that you brought up. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being honest today, Jeff. No problem. No problem. All right. And you're going for your master's too, right, in this year? Exactly. Like, hopefully I can learn more stuff and I can share it with you. Yes, you please. <laughs> I, I think <will. laughs> all our conversation is always about investing. <laughs> doesn't matter like we we grow old and you know we've entered the age where we only talk about jobs and money you know it's <laughs> that fine that's true i agree that's how it's all fine. conversation revolves around exactly <laughs> all right i think after this podcast i think i'm gonna start looking into my investment strategy again i need to exactly. re- reassess my uh, risk appetite and mm-hmm. my time horizon yeah all right thank you jeff no problem Hey guys, so thank you so much for actually uh, listening to the end of the episode. Really appreciate all of you guys supporting my podcast. (laughs) So today's episode can be a bit dry for some people, but I think it's still very crucial. Ultimately, my podcast it is to um, my my target audience um, in my brain, in my head. Ideally, I think my target audience would be people around my age group. So maybe like 18 to like 30. So I hope that, you know, as we go through life, I think we need to understand there's different aspect about ourselves. So one aspect that I think most of us are probably not exactly um, very involved in would be our finances. And I think more of us are getting more involved, but I think um, it can be expanded on, you know what I mean? So I think um, having a topic, having an episode with my good friend Jeff about the mistakes he made, about how, what the lessons he had learned. Like, for example, he realized the importance of really understanding yourself or the importance of uh, understanding your risk appetite, understanding your time horizon, how long do you want to hold your portfolio for and what is the objective at the end of your investment. I think it's so important and I think... um, in my opinion, I didn't know how important it was until like um, <laughs> until I started doing this episode with Jeff. So even for myself, I'm still learning a lot as well in this aspect. And I think in my own way, I'm still trying to build my own uh, portfolio, even though it's not really concrete yet. And I'm still trying and it's full of trial and errors. So um, I would like to reiterate that this is not a financial advice. This is not a tax or legal advice. So it does not consider your current financial situation. Only you know your current financial situation if you're not capable or you're not 
able to start investing, please do not take such a big risk. So ultimately, take into the factor about your finance situation as well as uh, where you are at right now in your life as well. So it is very important. Um, but I still think that this conversation uh, still needs to be talked about because I understand most uh, young people like myself, Gen Z, we tend to think that oh, we need to get, get rich quick and stuff like that. And I think um, coming from like an older sister um, opinion, right? I mean, pretend I'm your older sister. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, as coming from an older sister, I, I don't think... Um, that that is the way most of the time even if you're doing day trading you know you're trading on the forex market or you're day trading on your bitcoin i'm sure um there are still things that you will learn from it and it would be great if you could uh, have a conversation about it you know um there is no such thing as um anything comes really easy ultimately there is always a trial and error and i really this is kind of why I enjoyed this episode a lot because I really like the way that Jeff was very honest with the fact that it was a trial and error for him and how he had experimented as well as what he learned. He tried to apply it to his investment and sometimes it may or may not work ultimately because there were multiple factors. Uh, we need to take into consideration the market moves really quickly on a daily basis. And so, um, so this episode, I thought it was pretty crucial for quite a lot of youth and i know it's a bit dry i'm so sorry but this is genuinely like what i'm interested in i love finance and um if you go to my blog jolinschoice.com uh you will read about my research on the 2008 financial crisis as well as you read about my uh, research on impact investing as well as the green bonds so this is kind of a topic that i kind of like um i know not many people like it but and you know i like fashion i like sustainability but i like to remind everybody that we are all multifaceted individuals and not necessary that you know one person can only like one thing you know and it's not true anyone and everyone can like anything at the same time, it may be weird to you, but, you know, I think we need to come up and be, um, I think, more understanding that some people have very different um, interests. So, yes. So, thank you so much for listening to my outro as well. And thank you so much for listening to my entire podcast and actually supporting me 10 episodes. Oh, my God. I really appreciate everyone, all my listeners. And if you guys have any feedback or any opinion or any suggestions, recommendation or any interviews, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm looking for more guests <laughs> because I'm running out of guests. So if you're really keen, please feel free to reach out. All right. Have a good day and have a good week, guys. Bye.